1: From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the ball. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner.
2: Welcome to episode nine of the back check. What's up, everybody? Brendan Azoff, Stefan Rosner here. We got a great show for you all today. Ryan Mead of Blue Shirts Breakway will be joining us in about 15 minutes. So if you're a Rangers fan, you're going to want to miss uh You're not going to want to miss this, I should say. You're, I'm not going to tell you to miss this because that would be very counterproductive to what we're trying to do on this show. <laughs> but, Stefan, how are you doing today, buddy? I know you got a big announcement to make for the show.
0: Yeah, so the biggest announcement we have is we have partnered up with Amity Harbor Sports, Long Island Hockey Co. We will be doing some fundraisers with them, apparel coming out soon. So Brendan, you want to show the shirt you got?
2: Yeah, I mean nice little Long Island Co. shirt with the helmet there. I know I'm hiding behind the mic, but that one's fresh, the Long Island Hockey Winnipeg Jets alternate logo. That's yeah. a beauty right there.
0: So I have a, a very funny backstory on how this all came to be and I won't bore you too long, but let's just get into it rather quickly. So I plan our you know, house league team and I saw online these these hats that had the long, long island logo with a hockey rink in it. I thought they were the coolest thing. And so I reached out to them and was like, Hey, I would love a hat, blah, blah. No response, no response, no response. Get to my first house league game, everybody's wearing the hat. And I'm like, what? Well, what is going on? So I go, where do you guys get this? Turns out the owner's on my team. So I got talking with him, then spoke to his wife, who's in charge of the business aspect. And we're gearing up to go. It's a great thing. We'll do a lot of fundraising and help the community. They're one of those companies that you know we try to partner with. We partner with Tonight because of what they do for their community. Law and Hockey Co. is doing the same thing. We'll have an ad later in the show about a fundraiser they're running, but a great start for us to partner with such a, a classy, classy organization.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. They got great apparel on their site right now. And They're actually going to start putting together apparel for us as well, too. So that's going to be awesome. We're going to get some CCM back check gear going, and hopefully you guys like that. But, I mean, we got a lot of stuff that we got to dive into on today's episode. Uh, I know we have Ryan Mead coming on, so we're going to start with the Rangers. And when I say what a fiasco of a week this has been, and the highs and the lows that Rangers fans have felt, whether it was the high of Lafreniere's first goal to the low of another overtime loss to the Penguins, and then all of a sudden the Tony D'Angelo saga, and then boom, they come back with an actual regulation win. Yes, the first East Division game that did not go to overtime in the last seven months, it feels like, is the Rangers beating the Penguins 3-1. to But Stefan, from an outside perspective, what is your take on the whole Tony D'Angelo saga?
0: listen you look back and there's past and we again you can make mistakes in the past it's what you do in the present and the future to make up for it the stuff that we heard about the keonja miller that everybody jumped on the whole pretty much pretty much coming out that tony Dan is a racist is not true the narrative was pushed we believed it because source once you see the word source everybody's like "Ooh, yeah. source." he's got a source everybody's got a source and um it's unfortunate that came out to me, but you judge a guy. You saw the video circulating about his dad interviewing him when he was, I think it was when he was suspended, and they interviewed the dad. The dad said, "What well, I, w- I say the same stuff he says all the time. It's not about, you know, it's not the right thing to do, but that's how I grew up. Well, that's just, that's just a lame excuse <laughs> for being not, a, not only a bad parent, which I'll call Tony D'Angelo's dad out. You're a bad parent. But the fact that you don't sympathize with Tony, but you go, okay, I get why he did these things because look where he's coming from. We know that racism and all that stuff is not, you're not born with that. It's learned. It's learned based on your surroundings. So it's unfortunate that his dad brought him up that way. But Tony D'Angelo now has to realize, you know, the actions that happened with what he said to Georgiev after the loss, clearly that the goal that went in was on both of them. Georgiev wants to stop that, but there was a, you know, they weren't communicating well. And after the game, the fact that D'Angelo had to go and say something to him, which as a goalie, if you let in a week go, the last people you want to hear it from is, t- you know, like a goalie that never, you know, never goes, Unless you're you know, just one of those goalies that thinks he's the best player in the world and he can do no wrong and it's someone else's fault. If you're a good goalie and you're a humble goalie and your teammates like you, you know we've let in a softie. No one has to tell you that. Maybe the next day you talk about it. What could we have done differently? But to come off, oh, come right off the rink, down the tunnel, for a teammate to call you out in front of your team, whatever it was, yeah, I'd probably swing on you and put you in a headlock. I mean, that's just probably how it goes. You don't, there's things you don't do. Now, we weren't there. We're not hearing it from both sides. We're hearing it from the organization, which whatever was said, it's going to keep it to a minimum. There's guaranteed there's a video of it somewhere. We're never going to see that. If the Rangers are smart, they will hide that thing until everyone in the organization's passed on. Like we saw with the freaking Kennedy shooting, which we'll never know about anyway, but that stuff's not being released till everyone's not involved. So it's unfortunate what happened, but Tony D'Angelo was warned. I mean, you could get into it a little Brendan about the benching, but he was warned one more thing. You're being waived, and he called the bluff and, Unfortunately, it wasn't a bluff, and he's no longer part of the Rangers. It's sad. The question becomes now, when he joins a new team, is that new team now not – are there teams that are not going to go for him because the, what, now what his name represents, even if he wasn't a racist, which we've seen in the past, he said the N-word, which not, should not be said, obviously. And it's very fair to call him a racist for things he said and you know, we don't want to get into political, but the teams want to take that chance. We saw in the past, Coyotes, perfect example, Guy bullied, uh, guy bullied um, a black student that was in school with him years ago in seventh grade. News breaks about that. He gets cut from Arizona; they drop him. His college cuts him from playing there and you know going to school there. So actions have consequences. The question becomes: Are teams willing to? Even if he's, you know, he's going to start a fundraiser, a charity. The damage is done, and how can Tony and D'Angelo move forward at this league?
2: Holy long-winded response here, right there, buddy. Take a breath. But- I took.
0: I took notes from you. You were on the show last night. I paid attention. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. So this whole saga started apparently after his benching in game two, and he wasn't happy about that, and he let the coaching staff and the management know that, and they told him if you have a negative uh, influence on this team or something comes up in a negative light, you're going to be waived, and they stuck to that. And trust me, like you said, Georgiev knows, but that was fully on him. The play Uh in the corner, the goal, both fully on him. He's got to stop that puck. He's got to cover that puck when it's next to the net like that. Just a horrendous all-around 25 seconds for him. But that's in the past. You can't chirp your goalie. That's your that's your goal. you got to have his back.
0: You just can't do that. And at the end of the day, you know, we were bad pass behind the net. Now, i obviously not watching it as close as you. I'm assuming D'Angelo was on the rink, and maybe D'Angelo asked for it the other way, and he went the wrong way. No, cause...
2: they were standing next to each other, and he wanted the handoff so he could clear the puck, and Georgiev shot it past him into traffic.
0: Yeah, I mean – And he night, was
2: right in the trapezoid, cover the puck. They've been out there for two minutes. There's no defending your give on this. There the is not. The only time you could defend him is for the post game incident. But I'm not.
0: I'm not he, bl- he messed up. I'm not blaming D'Angelo for being mad. But be mad with yourself. Don't like. Don't talk about it. Give it a day or two. Like I said, goalies, especially at the NHL level, a goalie is completely aware. And especially, it's one thing if you give up a weak goal in the second period. You still got time to make it up. The game just you just lost the game because of your mistake. Clearly he is well aware of why that goalies have long memories. They have short memories when they let goals in, but he knows he's thinking about that. He's still probably thinking about how D'Angelo. I should should just let that happen. And he'll sit because Shesterkin's been playing a lot better, which can get you to your next point.
2: I mean, I want to point out that there is nothing that happened behind the scenes here that has any racist or any type of remote influence on D'Angelo. It's just legitimately a benching that he didn't like. And this incident with Georgiev. So that's all we know. That's probably all we'll ever know. The Keandre Miller stuff's not real, and he will not be a New York Ranger and for much longer, and he won't be playing another game for the Rangers. But
0: did, did you hear about why? Like, why? So the question was, well, why didn't Keandre Miller take a picture with his first buck? Did you hear the reason why? No. All right. So the Rangers PR team was short staffed because of COVID, they could only have one person travel and that guy was doing some. he just didn't have he wasn't able to get down to the rink and do it
2: there will be a picture of it that, like oh, people made people find like these conspiracy theories they find yeah. this biggest the, the smallest little thing oh my god he's the only rookie that didn't get a picture taken they must be racist not everything has to do with that uh, there obviously there was a gaffe behind the scenes everything was disproven but yes to go into your other point about just yeah david quinn's been flip-flopping his goalies it drives me absolutely insane i've said this numerous times stop flip-flopping the goalies it's enough enough you have one guy that you have your whole future built around right now. You got rid of Blundqvist because you know Shesterkin's your heir apparent. Let him play. He won his last start, right? Then they wound up going to Georgiev. Georgiev, bad goal in OT. They lose. They go back to Shesterkin, his best start of the season. So now he's 2-0 and with a 941 save percentage, his last two starts. He's getting the next one. If he wins, there is no need to switch goaltenders right now. If he looks good, ride him a little bit. Let him get into a flow. We've seen the level of talent when it comes to Andrey Vasilevsky, who's a fellow Russian netminder. He likes to play more. The more he plays, the better he gets. And I think the same could be said for Sesterkin. Let the guy play. We saw what he did last year. He's got to be your go-to guy. He has to get the majority of the starts.
0: I completely agree because, you know, you look at Varlamov um, for the Islanders, which he we'll gets in a little bit. He has one lousy game, started off incredible, one lousy game. You want to get him back out there. You don't want to let it marinate, let it sit in. And once a goalie's on a run, on a tear like that, the last thing you want to do is take him out. One, does he deserve to come out? No. But two, you keep putting him out there. You're building more and more confidence. That's when you get the best out of your goaltenders. Switching back and forth. Doesn't let anyone get into a rhythm. Another thing is, which we'll talk about again with the Islanders, the Rangers are winning with Sestirkin in net. The Islanders are winning with Varlamov in net. So it comes down to your team is playing better with a certain goalie in for whatever reason. At the end of the day, you're... Plan as a a franchise is to win hockey games. You got to put the best players in to give your chance to win. I know you want to, you know, you have Georgiev, you want to do the whole tandem thing. That's perfectly okay. But when a goalie's playing this well, you taking him out doesn't just affect him, it affects the entire team. And for the Rangers that are in last place with the Islanders, you got to get points. And if Sirkin's going to give you the best chance, you got to ride him.
2: Yep, I completely agree. And we're going to talk more about Capo Caco, who's back from the COVID list with Ryan Mead, who we all know is a massive Capo Caco fan. But Chris Kreider, two straight games of the goal. He's now got four on the season. It looks like he has taken the organization and, and put him on his back, so to speak. We all talk about the lack of a captain, right, that the Rangers don't have one. But it looks like he is the leader on and off the ice right now for this team, the way he's playing so far. Hasn't been a great start, but he's picked it up of late. And off the ice, he's saying the right things. So Grider looks like he's stepping into that big uh, big personality and presence. Panarin, five goals, seven assists. Just an absolute stud on the ice. And Libor Hayek will be in next game because Brendan Smith is injured. Right now, we are going to go to a quick break, 30 seconds. When we come back, we will have Ryan Me joining us. Hey, everybody. It's Brendan here. Do you have old jerseys? What about old hockey equipment? Rather than throw these items out, our friends over at Altranite would love to have them. This nonprofit converts jerseys into reusable face masks, the same face mask the New York Rangers wore in the bubble this past postseason. The old equipment you donate will be given to less fortunate children throughout the state. It doesn't matter what team you root for. Let's all come together to make a difference and grow the sport of hockey. To learn more, head to Altranite.com. That's Altranite.com. all right everybody welcome back to the back check joining us now is ryan mead ryan mead the host what's of Breakaway. how are you doing love what's to get going up? on buddy this,
1: it's my podcast gear it's what i wear for every podcast oh yeah it's oh yeah this
2: is it's an awesome setup we don't have anything that special just straight t-shirts here but i'm kind of jealous of this it's
1: professional pack. podcasting gear you have to podcast for at least two three years and they send it to you in the mail it's super nice <laughs> it's really Listen, Uh, We we got about two years left then before we can get this shipment. You'll get there, bud. You'll get there. It's important. We will.
2: That's our goal. But thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Big NHL insiders, right? So we're going to (laughs) kick things off. (laughs) I I love that you put that there. So the Rangers are three, four, and two to start this season. Right. What's been your biggest positives and negatives? You know, your takeaways from this early portion of the season so far.
1: Sure. There's like a lot for the, by the way, I'm rhyming of the athletic blue, Breakaway Number one, Richard podcast. There you go. I did it all the way. Uh, biggest, biggest takeaways for the Rangers started right off the bat is every single game has been a one goal game until Artemi Panarin kind of broke that up, uh, with an FU goal at the end of the game, uh, it was one second left. Other than that, the Rangers have been in every single game, except for the two Islander games the the second islander game obviously they blew them out it wasn't really a game uh, 5 nothing and obviously opening night was also not exactly the best game of all time Mo- maybe the most disappointing all night uh, opening night for the rangers of all time the rangers this year have been extremely competitive despite losses of kapokako for a game despite uh, philip hedl getting injured jack johnson being in existence so there been a lot uh, there's been a lot of good so far but we all knew going into this year that the pit of despair the East mass mutual division was not going to be an easy task for any squad.
2: <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, Jack Johnson's existence, which we'll get into in a little bit is something.
1: I'm sure, sure we will. Yeah. Jackie
2: <laughs> has hindered the Rangers throughout the early part of the season.
1: Uh, I mean, to be fair, he did have like a game where he was maybe like a third percent of himself, like where he was like, OK, he made like a pass and like we all clapped. We we're like, yeah, we for the game underdog. <laughs> he made two passes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, gave two. We all know the pass. he made the pass out of the zone. I was like, damn, he's good. Uh, and other than that, it's been he. I mean, he hasn't played as much because of the groin injury and such like that.
0: Yeah, for every good game he gets five hundred thousand dollars. That way, at the end, it works out to a million.
1: So, uh, moving on though,
0: you <laughs> think it's time to commit to Shosturkin? He's won, especially since he's won his last two games.
1: I uh, beat this drum over and over and over again. Igor Shosturkin is the starting goalie of the New York Rangers. I I don't really understand what goes on with Georgiev a lot of the time. I like Georgiev. I've had the pleasure of meeting Georgiev. He is a really, really nice kid. Really well put together. As competitive as they get. But if you ask anybody in the Ranger organization, you take them aside and you say, "Hey, who's the starter of the New York Rangers in goal in five years from now?" I would be absolutely flabbergasted if anybody told you it was Georgiev. No one, no one's gonna look you in the face and be like, "Oh, it's actually Georgiev is gonna be the goalie in 2025, 2026." Like that's not happening. It's Igor Shosturkin. The guy has had a tremendous career. I think up until like a night, two nights ago, he's had like 18 career losses since 2016. 18. I lose more in a day than, than Igor Sturkin loses in, in like five years. The kid is unbelievable. You know, I, I heard a lot of different s- stories that like, or rather tweets that said, hey, maybe his confidence is losing. No, this kid is so confident. He's so cocky, but in a good way. He knows how good he is. It's not a surprise. He's been this good since he was the KH- in the KHL. He's always been sort of this anomaly. So yeah, he shouldn't be the starting goalie going forward. I know Quinn said there was, they were going to alternate goalies back and forth. That seemingly has not happened. That could have changed because of the Tony D'Angelo saga where Georgiev allegedly or allegedly at this point decked Tony D'Angelo. And then he's been through a lot, as Quinn said today, like, hey, he's going to take a seat and Igor starting. I I think Igor should continue to start until there's like a tremendously bad loss. And even then, I would like him to just uh, like, hey, I know you let up five goals, but we're sending you right back out there because you're our goalie for the next decade. And I don't know what else we're doing. So I do want to ask you
0: something. You said you've met Georgiev. How's his right
1: Um, Dude, when he hit me, I have to tell you, uh, I... I was like, I was expecting the left afterwards and it came so hard. So I hope Tony didn't get hit by the left too. It, was, it would have been tough. <laughs> okay, just
0: it wanted to clarify because I've heard it's, it's kind of a tough one. That's
1: where I met Georgie. I was in a fight club in New York City underground in case we were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. I can believe it. And you yeah. talk
2: yeah. about the confidence. Anytime you have a goalie that wears a straight headband like that, you know that they have to be feeling themselves in that.
1: That guy does not mess around, man. Like he's, yeah. quirk- he's a quirky guy, no doubt about it, but he knows what, what he is. He is an all-star elite goalie. When he really turns his game on, and there's not a lot better than him,
2: definitely not. So, you are the founder of the Church of kako I know it's yeah. a big thing, praise be! Exactly, yeah. so take uh-huh. us through that. Has it kind of blown up bigger than you ever thought it would? And, and what's that like?
1: Um, I knew it was really weird when Newsday called me and they were like, We want to write a story, and I was like, What <laughs> they're like, Yeah, we want to write a story on Church of kako and I was like, You know what you're doing, right? Um uh i didn't think it was going to be that big listen we were pumped like i just my favorite thing to do in ranger hockey twitter is i would like to make a joke that makes like one specific person laugh and like that's it like i want to make stuff that's for one niche weird person and I'm like yeah that's cool suddenly but it seemed multiple people were pretty interested in it um so we bought the robes we went to uh the prospect meetup i got to meet kako um he was pretty receptive of it and until, you know, until they arrested me, which I thought was tough. And, uh, <laughs> but before that, like he, see, he pointed me when I was waiting online. He knew who I was. The Finnish reporters were asking him about the Church of Kako before he was drafted. It was like a common Great. question. They were like, hey, uh, so you have a church after you. What's up with that? And pretty much he said, well, who else has a church? Nobody else. I think that's pretty cool. Which respect to Kako, he went along <laughs> with the joke. Not I wrong. mean, this the serious religion that we have. That's what I meant, and um, it's 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 been a, a lot bigger than I expected it to be. Just full, f- I think anything that we do is garbage, and we'll still like it. So <laughs> um, when you when he scores, and you know when he does anything. You look at the comments and it's all praise be. And it makes me, it it warms my heart every single time. It's it's definitely prevalent all
2: over Rangers. You can't miss it. Every time Kako scores, it's so funny reading those comments. It's all dude. Dude, I
1: I like Alexi Lafreniere, of course. Like, how could you not love a number one overall pick? But there's just something so much funnier and more endearing about Kapokako and it could just be his name or his demeanor or anything like that but like I root for that guy like I want Lafriere to be uh, amazing obviously I hope he's a world beater and it becomes one of the best players in the league but I just root for Kapokako so hard because not only just the church he's just like an underdog almost like the the number two is kind of like hey he should have went number one but he didn't so I want to keep rooting for him
0: so I don't know if you know this you know that Kapokako is actually an atheist
1: I didn't, but I, I, he he emailed me and he was like, I'm thinking about converting. <laughs> you go door-to-door, though, and push religion? Of course, yeah. I mean, if you don't go door-to-door and push what you believe in, do you even believe in it? Well, I do it mostly over the podcast. I feel like you get more reach. I think door-to-door is kind of dated.
0: Especially with COVID, too. You can't really do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a no-no these days.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we want to get to something funnier, but it worked out well for you. Is Jack Johnson, you know, with all the turmoil on Twitter about his play. You found a way to turn it into positive. You know, how awesome was it seeing these traveled with donations? And do you think that <laughs> Johnson made a donation under a false name?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who could have done that. There, there are, of course, some people out there who are really into giving to great causes, but we got a $2,000 donation in the first hour. Uh, I was hoping to get $2,700. We ended up raising $7,500 in the first three days. We're looking to close out at 10000 once he starts playing again. And that'll be the final goal um but to get 2700 in the first 43 minutes i was like what 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 is going on uh i cannot confirm or deny he knows about it i have asked multiple people uh but it does feel like it was him in that moment and uh i'm really happy we could do some serious good you know rangers twitter in the last we've raised now officially over ten thousand dollars for new york city food banks between um this and the live stream we did in march so I'm pretty pumped you have support just a good cause and help out the community in the city. Well, oh, the cat's out of the bag. Brendan did the donation. So there you no, go. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go with Jack Johnson. Brendan just bought 20,000 Dogecoin. What are you talking about? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I got to <laughs> save up for the future. I'm investing my 2,000. <laughs> I I, I, will, I would love to be able to donate $2,000, yeah, but save. unfortunately, it's just not Me too right now. Me too.
1: My, my, my second job is podcasting. So you do the math.
2: Oh, I'm frozen again. Here we go on this video. But- <laughs> all right, so Capo Caco, as long as you guys can hear me, that's all that matters. Capo Caco has Weird. two points in eight games this season, and mm-hmm. the Rangers are averaging, uh, I think it's just over 3.3 goals per game over the last three games. So, do you think the offense is heating up? And with him coming back, do you think he's going to be an impact right away? Or you think the COVID's going to take a little bit of a toll?
1: I know uh, he wasn't we, positive. But. Yeah, we can't. I, I would say at this point, not a doctor and definitely not a also an idiot and a dummy. Uh, I would say <laughs> he didn't have it because he, he came back so quickly. So quick, yeah. Yeah, I would say he was just exposed to somebody and then he had to test negative a bunch of times to come back. He probably did. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Obviously, you know what's happening with the Devils and other teams around the league. So I think they're going to try and crack down on this pretty seriously. Uh, I think the team itself has been offensively pretty great. Like The power play is phenomenal. It's when it, it it's the best looking uneffective power play I've ever seen in my life. The The entire time it's like oh my god these guys Adam Fox on the blue line is the truth. That kid like I, I cannot wait to watch him for the next 10 years. I'm absolutely spoiled already. And to him watch him command and facilitate from the blue line to get to Panarin and Mika Zvinjad who is finally starting to get into a groove of things. The power play looks awesome. Capo, like, yeah, he only has the two points, but there's been like limited ice time games. He doesn't get power play time and power play two barely plays at all. Uh, I would say his impact on the ice is going to be pretty prevalent. I think you could notice in the last game with Kako and Hedl out like, oh, the bottom six like has absolutely no teeth whatsoever at this point in time. And to have them come back, to have him build confidence this season, it's been night and day from last season. Listen, I made up a lot last season where I was like, he looks great out there. And the analytics were all saying yes. that's not true whatsoever. So this year, he had a terrible first game that he's digging out of, but analytically otherwise, he's been pretty tremendous.
2: Yeah, he really has looked sharp. And I, I said, on, I was on a show yesterday, and I said his defensive game, it might not be stout, but he does look like he's committed to it, which is awesome to see. And I, 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 really,
1: I Just to follow up on that, his yeah. fourth is totally different if you watch him specifically chasing the puck last year he couldn't do those three steps to get to a guy now is he still a step slow absolutely he is but this year he's at least got the motor to keep going to keep pressure on the opponents and he's affecting play away from the puck because before he got to the nhl you have to remember he was a kid in a man's league where they all passed him the puck no matter what he did so now he's learned how to play off the puck and has increase that. And the next step for him seriously is taking a step in his skating and working with a skating coach in the off season, increasing his speed by just this much. And that's going to bring him to the next level of a, of a player that he couldn't be.
0: I mean, we're looking at it. I mean, especially that year,
1: Jack Hughes is like an absolute animal this
0: year. And I think some players just takes that extra year to get in game form. Look, Lafreniere struggled to start off this season. He, he scored an overtime goal, big goal. But it's going to be a growing pain for him, and he'll learn. But then next year, I guarantee he's going to be just like a Jack Hughes where he's, it's all about confidence, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Jack Hughes this year, as you know, um, I don't know if I can curse in this, but he pooped on my lawn pretty hard uh, when I made a video about him. That sucked. And he's been great this year. What what else can you say? He put on the weight, he put in the work, and he's a Hughes, so they all just turn out good. Like, that's, that's how it works, I think. I'm not a hockey buff, but – Luke Hughes is going to be on the Rangers next year, and he's going to be awesome. So, and they what can I say? Riley Hughes in their system too. I know we're just collecting them all. You know, one across the river, get two more. It's too bad we don't have Quinn. Would have been a real, would have been real nice. Yeah, we would have had a big family bonding at-
2: atmosphere at MSG. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, last question for me. So, Keiondre Miller has been an awesome defensive and offensive player for the Rangers this year, and I just want to ask you: Do you think the pairing with Truba has helped him grow? Or do you think it's due to Truba's struggles and mistakes that we're seeing DeAndre like bail him out, which makes him look even better, with sliding plays to break up two on ones, like stuff like that? You think it's because Truba's helping him out, or because Truba struggles, we
1: see more great. Yeah, boy, this is mean. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be mean. Um, Jacob Truba has been not the eighth most highest paid player in the NHL since he signed with the New York Rangers. Yeah. That's he, not mean. he has been. He's been lackluster. There are games where he shows incredible toughness, but there are a lot of games where he shows tremendous inconsistency where he'll lose a puck. He won't, he'll make a, he'll miss uh, an assignment. He'll do a really high risk pass. That does not pay off for him. But the one thing that Keontra Miller has for him that allows Jacob Truba to sort of open up and play a better style is that Keontra Miller's skating is almost effortless. He skates just, I, I, I haven't really seen it before the way he skates and can get across the ice, he's so quick. He's so mobile. And I hate to sound like Joe Micheletti. He's athletic. Like the kid, the kid it has a lot of spunk and motor out there and has been tremendous. He's seriously been the second best defenseman on this team this entire year. It goes Adam Fox, Keandre Miller. And I think you're going to see Quinn the rest of the year. And I said this before the season, and some people laughed. It's okay. It's okay to think I was wrong, but I'm not, people on Twitter. Like at the end of games, I got to stop saying, like at the end of games, Kendrick Miller and uh, and Adam Fox are going to be the two defensemen that are out there when the games are close.
2: Well, they should be. Could they should be. be. And Will are two different things of this team because we saw Mark Stahl be the guy out there in the last minute of the game for let's way not, too long.
0: Not, I'm an Islander fan. I cover the Islanders. Let's not talk about putting players out there in last-minute situations because the fact that Com- – I feel like we're talking the same exact thing. Comrade <laughs> being out there in the last minute, blowing it. Two defensive breakdowns. by No, I don't even want to talk about it. Continue.
1: We had a we had a time in Ottawa game 5 where we put out Mark Stahl and Nick Holden to oh, win a, to win a game. So I I I relate to you Stephen. Was I that like
0: was that a Pajot? Was that the Pajot
1: series? Yeah, that was the Pajot series where he became Gretzi. That's that is correct. <laughs> that, that was
2: my freshman year. That's when I first met stuff there and oh man, the amount of torture watching Pajot just torch the Rangers every single I night was, it was terrible. Time. <laughs> you were. I was not But back to Keandre Miller? Really, yes, absolutely. The, phenomenal the way and then that block shot i think that that was the best defensive play i've seen the rangers make since they were in the playoffs and it was dan gerardi doing that type of stuff and and those guys ryan mcdonough down there but that was such a heads up play to get back in front and stop then like you said with fox and him that they're, they're set up at the one two spot on d for the next foreseeable future
1: well that's what makes this so hard for the new york rangers and i will preach this from the mountaintops until the end of time Right now, as of right now, you have probably three of your pieces for the next six-plus years on the New York Rangers. You have Keandre Miller and Adam Fox and Perry one. Then you have Jacob Truba. So on your right side, you already have two of your pieces for the next six years. And you haven't paid two of them yet. So you're going to pay both of them eventually down the line. Adam Fox is going to demand demand a serious salary. Uh, I don't know how Tampa Bay does it. I don't think Adam Fox is going to accept $5 million on a bridge deal. I would say you do anything to get Adam Fox for eight years immediately. It's going to be an interesting salary struggle for the New York Rangers to fit not only Keandre Miller, not only Adam Fox, but Lafreniere, Brett Howden. I'm kidding, Kapokako, uh, yeah. uh, and all these other players in Vitali Kravtsov down the line, all these players that they want to extend down the line along with Mika Sabinajad and along with Pavel Bushnevich. There's a lot coming down the line for the New York Rangers. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, is he signed long
1: term? He's not. No, there's everybody is everybody's <laughs> gonna need money. And who are you keeping
2: exactly? There's if there's one team hoping that the flat cap ends really soon, it's the New York Rangers. But before we let you go, Ron, I think we need one praise, praise be praise I,
1: I have, be. I have extra time if you'd like me to stay, but otherwise, I can leave.
2: Uh, if you want to stay and talk some more Rangers, uh, let's hear it. What,
1: what do you got going? What's going I, on, on
2: your show tonight?
1: What? oh, uh, unfortunately, we are, we're gonna wait till tomorrow because okay. that's why I have extra time. Uh I, I will explain to you how our show works. Hi, Greg. Do you want to start now? Yes. And then we start. So we okay. don't actually plan anything. Um, <laughs> even if it seems like we we plan things. The Rangers it, in this in this weird time. Uh I hope obviously the COVID thing gets better. The game is canceled on Saturday. I don't I don't know if you either have heard anything, but I have no idea how the rescheduling of games is going to work. Like no, what well, you no. do a, it, all of a sudden is gonna be a back-to-back with the devils. Are we extending the season? You know NBC, even though they're getting rid of their NBC network, wants to get ready for the Olympics. There's so many interesting questions with the Rangers, especially their schedule. Luckily, they play, for now, teams that aren't affected by this in the next week and a half, but in in the Islanders next Monday and then in the Bruins. But this whole schedule is going to be turned upside down, so I have no idea how they're going to handle it.
0: I, I think they're doing a TSN thing during intermission. They were asking all their insiders. Do you, what's the percentage that you think this season gets full 56 games in? And mm-hmm. many of them said there's no way. And I completely agree. I think we're seeing it so early in the year with these issues. And if the league doesn't change the way they do things, because clearly they, they really messed up. They really messed up with this devil thing here. But they're not the only teams. We've seen, I think, 10 or 11 games already postponed. The
2: Wild just got six more added to the list about 30 minutes ago.
0: You're right. Yep. I think what's going to happen is they're not going to finish. They're going to have to do what they did last year with winning percentage after the minimum, minimum amount of games played because, again, you have the Olympics coming on. How much longer? Can't You can't really extend the season that long. So You're
2: there's like, a chance for an, another big bubble, and the Rangers can go, go uh, back to the season.
1: See, I was thinking totally different. I was thinking another first pick. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that next year, next year's draft isn't loaded like it was this year. No, so you no, can – you could pick in the top 10 and you could
2: still get the same quality player that, that's what i'm saying i'm done with these first and second overall picks let's let's get one playoff win i that's will
1: say I if want. you if you do want to like roll it like i'd be the most greedy person of all time in 2022 that's the year you want to like get greedy one more time and then run run 10 years of a dynasty but it's never happening like we're not the oilers
2: yeah there, there's no way they're getting another number 1 pick not no <laughs> not after the extreme disappointment across the rest of the NHL. I would open my, I
1: I would, I would tell everyone to just come berate me because if I got three, if I got a number two pick a number one pick, and then if Steven Wright was, uh, or is that, is that his name? I believe the prospect like the, uh, the Connor McDavid level prospect in 2022 was a Ranger. Uh, I would just be like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) There's there's no way. No way.
0: A top first or second pick in that draft. I'm launching a full wide,
1: um, investigation,
0: investigation matter because I'm not doing, I'm not doing it again. I'm just not going through that.
1: I'm you shouldn't, I feel bad for you almost. Uh, how, how's things over in, in Islander land currently? Uh, is it's
0: great. They're on a five game skid. They've dropped back to back games against the, um, the Flyers in overtime. They're inconsistent play. They lack motivation. It seems like at times that they fail to put together 60 minute efforts and under trots. This is a team that usually wins close games and they're losing them. They had a three, nothing lead to the capitals. Blew that and lost six three five goals in the second period. Wow. It's been a mess, and of course they finally come home after going winless on their road trip, and they get two games postponed.
2: We've been of course just, they're just not good.
0: I don't want to no they're good. It's just it's a rough year right now. The problem is they don't they don't score. They're averaging two point one one goals per game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at the end of the day, they have Sorokin coming in. He plays great in his last game, but he bails the team out left and right. Can't get a win. He's winning. yeah. I was
1: gonna ask. So Sorokin has he been as advertised? I'm I'm frankly scared of him as a Ranger fan.
0: Oh, you should be because he's going to be I, – I think he will be, once he gets comfortable, as good as Sturkin, and we're going to have the sickest goalie battles of all time in this Rangers-Islanders and rivalry. And I look at it as first game was rough, bunch of weak goals, but again, he didn't get no, – It was,
1: wasn't was fair, dude. He was – he, no, yes, he, he had 10 minutes to get ready. Yeah, exactly.
0: As goalie myself, you know, you want to know when you're starting. But again, you have a job to do going there. So I think the first couple – that first game was nerve, nerve, and also he didn't get any goal support. It was pretty mm-hmm. – you're going to have to be perfect, or we're going to lose. And clearly, he wasn't. Second game he played, it looked a little better. A couple of weak plays here or there, but again, made improvements. And then the last game, he showed glimpses of, oh wow, he's in, he's going to be elite. He, he making sprawling saves, anticipation was great. Things, the smaller things that you want to see from a goalie of that magnitude, we're seeing now. So I think in his next couple of games, the, he, but again, he got goals for, but he hasn't won. When he gets he's his,
2: give up four though, right? Is that the lowest he's given up, or is it three?
0: I think the loss is up at three, but I, again it comes. No, it's up.
2: just not good, man.
0: <laughs> it's like the roast right now. The defensive team in front of him has really, for a team that's based on defense, has fallen apart in big moments. And last game he bailed him out, but in the other games he wasn't. And at, at times it's okay, maybe you should make that save, but he needs a win He needs confidence. And again, Vrabel has been great. Besides the one game he played against the Capitals and fell apart. He's having a career year out of the gate thus far. So it's hard for Trots to decide, okay, who do I run? Because right now the Islanders are doing terrible. You need a win. Vyramov's, the team's played better with Varlamov and Net. So I think you got to ride him a little oh, bit. Yeah. But you're going to have to go to Sorokin here or there, and you got to get him into these games. Because like you said, it's it's the same thing with Georgiev and, and Shosturkin. So, Were you
1: super upset that they only bridged Barzal and um, somehow absolutely nobody off sheeted him?
0: Which well, makes I no sense. Sheets, I'm but, upset about that. Offer sheets. I mean – I don't think they would happen just with the amount that you have to give up. But I wasn't happy. I'm happy they got a deal because if it went any longer and he's not there, clearly you're seeing. If Mm -hmm. if he's on his game, the Islanders win. And when he's not and he's not a part of the offense, they've lost. They've lost bad. So the fact that he was back and playing, I'm more happy with at the same time you know how good he's going to be, and especially if they add a sniper whenever, if they ever do that for the, over the next, whatever, four or five years, that will only be getting better. And you know he's going to get better. So the fact that you didn't get him on a longer-term deal, you're going to have to pay him. Now, if you locked him up early, you locked him to a six-, seven-year deal, it's like, okay, it doesn't matter how good he is. You're paying him this great, but it is what it is. If he's playing for the team this year and he's doing well, that's all that matters at the end of the day. But, yes, it is concerning given the owners have cap issues as well.
1: It was, it was not only that for me. It was, hey, you're probably going to have to pay this guy $11 million next time oh, you yeah. get him. Uh, yeah. And if he develops any more than he already has, he's already a tremendous player. Then you're also going to give him a chance to, like, go out and test the market eventually? Like, are we really going to go ahead and do that?
0: We joked about it. He played for the Seattle Thunderbirds, got them their first championship ever. I mean, you're setting your up for him to just become the face of the new franchise and he's run
1: and I would love to crap on the Islanders. I would. They're going to get a new arena. But I generally like the players on, on the team, and it would be – I mean, the jokes would never end if you went to Seattle, just so you know. like They would never stop. I'm writing them right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: if, you look at T- if you look at Tavares and everything that happened with him, you're, I'm not saying it's the same situation because Tavares is just a better scorer. I don't, I don't know about better all-around all player, but he's just an elite scorer. And he's on a team now that has a ton of talent. But when he was on the Islanders, it was – when he goes, team goes. When he fails, team fails. And you're mm-hmm. at again. Yep. And not that it's a habit you want to get into, but Tavares had the opportunity to carry a team because he could shoot and score. Did a lot of different things. Barzal, yes, he's shooting more this year. He's scoring goals. He's a pass first guy. And the problem is the players on his line aren't finishing. But when they are finishing, they're they're winning games. The problem is one line is not going to win you hockey games. You look at what's happening with the Oilers, and maybe that's a case. But they look—you have two superstars in that line, or if. You right. know, I said on the same line. No, they have talent. The Islanders' only superstar is Barzal. Everybody else is players on other teams. Like a is probably a second or third line player on another team. Um, Everly.
2: How much does he make?
0: (laughs) It was a seven year, forty million dollar deal when they signed him. After he scored forty goals in a season. Listen,
2: your situation could always be worse because you could be the Oilers, where you have two of the best players in the game, maybe the two best players in the game right now, and you probably still won't make the playoffs. So that I think is worse than what the Islanders are going through.
1: Bro, is- if if I was the Oilers right now, and I was an oiler, if I was an oiler fan, I would if if the if the New York Rangers, for example, had Connor McDavid and Drysidel, and we were losing the way we were losing, I would never shut up, bro. Would be I would apocalypse <laughs> in New York. It could, be, it could be
0: you could be a Sabres fan too, where you just know for a fact they're never going to do anything
1: like okay. Future Ranger, great Jack Eichel. I really hate to see exactly. it. It's exactly, it's going to be straight shut up. up straight up for Jacob Trouba's contract. That's the yeah. rumor. I mean, oh, no way. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Taylor Hall doesn't look like – I mean, I watched a couple of Sabre games when they played the Devils, and he's Taylor Hall, but at the same time he doesn't look like the same Taylor Hall we've seen in, in years past. And quite frankly, when they signed him and all the Sabre fans were, oh, my God, we're going to we're gonna do great things. It's going to be great. One player is not – you're great. Now you have Hall and Eichel on one line. No, but great.
2: in all fairness to them, Linus Olmark does look very good.
0: He does. Yeah.
1: that's The Olmark really like that. channel. Yeah, he's yeah. unbelievable right now. Yeah.
0: Somehow putt is getting games. And number two, can he hold this up? The Sabres organization as a whole plays the first 15, 20 games, and it's like, okay, this is going to be the year they make the playoffs. And then they just go,
1: psych, and they just fall off a cliff every
2: year. He's a big Swedish goalie. He'll hold it up.
1: Yeah. That's what's so funny about hockey, man. It really doesn't matter. Like, only goalies can really carry you. That's it. You can have have these star players like Sidney Crosby, right? Like, somehow – even though he's so goddamn talented, and they had Malkin, so those are your one-two, just like your Connor Drysidle situation. They had like Flower and other like Matt Murray, like turned into a god. Like I don't know how that happened, but he did. Look at him now; he's terrible now. Um, <laughs> but he, in that situation, he was. I guess when those guys were playing in front of you, you just play with a different kind of confidence.
0: I mean, look at Kelly Price though. How many years did he? It's like a long esque ass thing in Montreal. It doesn't matter how you're like you said, goalie can carry you, and of course. But even when your goalie right. is firing you like that. You still look how hard it is to win in this league. And this he, year, he it's not gets, the NBA exactly. Nope. This year, the Canadians, which we'll get to later in the show is the fact that they're off to a great start. Price is great, but they're scoring and they're getting him support. He never got support. It was always price. has to allow one or two goals
1: against, or they're not going to win. So yep.
2: that's exactly it. It's a uh, Canadians right now to win the cup. They got to be. Crazy. It's crazy. Plus they're, they're
1: very good. I mean, I didn't agree with a lot of their moves. They did this off season. Uh, but, hey, listen, it's, it's paying dividends, so I can't, I can't speak over here.
2: How many games do they play against Vancouver? Because I feel like they've already played 15, and Tyler DeFoli already has 25 goals against Vancouver. It makes no sense to me how uh, many uh, times they play. played.
0: always making, I think, $4.25 million. That's
1: <laughs> insane. Dude, NHL salaries are a joke. It's, it so so, you, it, so it's so funny when it's <laughs> so funny when you look at other sports and you're like, he's making seven million in the NHL. Like, oh my god, that's so much. And then you look at like the ninth guy on an NBA team or like a relief pitcher in MLB. You're like, no, seven million is steal. Unbelievable.
2: It's like, god, Dude, what are we? Derek Cole just got more than the whole entire than four teams in the NHL. Yep. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's got a three hundred million dollar contract as a pitcher. The salary <laughs> cap in the NHL is eighty.
0: If but, only the NHL could grow the sport and uh, I don't know, just do. Uh, things to uh, like, I don't know, Brendan. we talk about it all the time with, with music, just incorporating. I mean, they, the whole thing with, you know, the black lives matter and making it more of an effort to get into areas like that and grow the sport because, you know, if pe-
1: the NHL hard right,
2: though, because you know, of the expense that that's, that's what really keeps hockey out of all markets is the expense of playing it.
1: Yeah. Because Cause you can hard go hard play hard. soccer. Like right now, you can go Working play basketball yeah. right now. We yeah. can, we can, we can't really play baseball, but there's so many baseball fields they're yep. everywhere, especially on the East Coast. You can't avoid them. Hockey rinks, there's, like, one. And you have to pay for it. Like, I, can, I can
2: go to the park right now with my buddies and shoot hoops, but I can't go to a rink without tossing, you know, 40 for just a free ice, So, right? so you
1: have to, like, uh, do it in a different way, and you can't be on a- NHL and NBC. Sorry. Yep. Like, you have to be out. Like, I think every single game should be on Twitch. Like, uh, if, if I if, – okay. If I'm the NHL, I want to make a Twitch deal. Hey, I want a game on Twitch every single night. Well, why? I want to get young fans. You know, We're, we... Twitter.
0: I mean, you don't even have those, like, other sports are live streaming their games on Twitter. It just brings another avenue. I don't know what they're waiting for.
1: They they want the money, and I get that totally. But I can tell you that I um, back before other organizations that I won't <laughs> name that you definitely can connect the dots for absolutely hated me. When I was talking about them, I was was talking with them about having a possible show with them. They were like, hey, the hockey show skews way older than the NBA show. The NBA show skews like 18 or like 16 to 32, 33, 35. And the hockey show is like 45 to like 65 or, you know. I was like, well, you know, like people are going to continue to get old, right? Like this is going to happen. Time doesn't stop for anybody. Can we, maybe it's time to reach out to younger fans. And that's what... I guess we try and do is cater to like a younger audience, even though we've been doing this for five years now and we're 31 and we were 26, 25 when we started. Like, I, I just think there's a lot of ways to cater to a younger generation of hockey fans who, who want to be part of it and just get blacked out uh, from watching. Don't have access to it. There's no media personalities in the NBA. You could find out what every NBA star is having for dinner and yep. like, and Woj will report on it. <laughs> there, but it does not happen in the NHL and the drama. Like I don't watch the NBA as much, but I I know everything. I know everything about the NBA. I listen to the Low Post. I used to be a Simmons fanboy until I turned on him super hard. Like I I know everything about the NBA and I hardly watch. It's the, it's the drama of it and that matters a lot for getting gener, uh, generating viewership. If you it look
0: at, if you look at baseball right now, they're in a situation because they are their fans are old and they're not yep. doing anything to combat. We need to grow the sport in the young. You know, let the kids play is their big thing now. Letting the young guys show emotion, but they're so old fashioned that they're going to lose a ton of once these older fans no longer watch the sport. Who's watching? Because they're not building it from the kids up to watch it. They're catering still to your fifty-five and up fans. And the NHL obviously is a little different, but
2: well, the NHL is a big opportunity right now because they huge. have a new to TV, uh, TV contract coming up, and. I know that NHL fans might not want to hear it, but going to ESPN, which is huge, be huge for the sport, it's
1: huge. It, it's the it, I hate to say this, but like it's like the last option. <laughs> like yeah,
2: really, because everybody's going to be seeing it. All the people that go on Twitter right now and they say not a sport under the hockey games, regardless of whether they want to or not, are going to put on ESPN by habit. And there's going to be a hockey game on at some point, and it's just going to grow the game.
0: Remember when everybody complained about the ads on the jerseys? Yeah, no, I'm not heard a lick about that. Once you, you get see- going, no one cares. No, no, no. What well, you see it on the helmets though, if they annoy you. I mean, there's
2: one. No,
1: the Pits- the Pittsburgh one is awful. I was say, is that
2: the it's, But it's blue on a black and gold jersey? It's a miserable. Yeah. 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 Like the Rangers at least went with the blue Chase logo on their blue helmets. Yeah, you know, or the or the it.
1: white one that I I don't even know what's there. And exactly. like I am so marketed by Chase from the Rangers, you can't escape it. It might as well just say Chase halfway across my screen. Yeah, like I ugly. get chase it.
2: Chase bridge, you walk into
1: the guard, you got the chase bank right there. Chase Dude, I know everywhere. everything about Chase. It's <laughs> I can't <laughs> I don't I don't even have a Chase card, but I feel like they're gonna attack me now
2: <laughs> it's so true though chase is everywhere at the garden but yeah the, the pittsburgh won the bright blue PPG on a black element.
1: but just to get back to it to espn like is the way to go and so you have to innovate here like the mlb just hired theo epstein to like grow the game the first thing he did got ken Griffey jr wow great job like automatically like that's awesome you know getting these these older generations in and and also superstar players that were fans when you were a child like getting Gretzky back getting these people who want to do like fun stuff back in the league promoting it like I when's the last time you saw Wayne Gretzky promote the NHL the
2: the only thing I could think of is when he played
1: Ovi in a NHL yep. game it's the only thing I can think of and it was super fun and by the way and he had a great time it seemed yeah. like and they had so many people that were on that stream yeah and that's awesome like you should be doing stuff like that I, yep. it's it's funny because I I fight for the NHL to do more all the time and I don't even know why. Like what is it gonna do? Uh, you know, so I just try and be happy and enjoy what I have and hopefully the Rangers win a cup before I die. That's awesome. Uh, I, I could second that statement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, it's been a pleasure having you on. We do have to get uh, talk about yep. the depressing islanders a little more, but we go do, for it. We appreciate your time as always. You look great. Keep the conference going. We love it. NHL, big NHL insider Ryan. You know, that's,
1: that's me. Thank all you right, so man. much, everyone. Thanks, guys. Talk soon.
0: See you. I love everything about what he stands for. I mean, what, is, what do you say? Praise B? Is that what it is?
2: Praise, praise B, Chicago Hey, that's what it is, man. Praise B. It's all over Rangers Twitter. I'm, it, it It's just it's hysterical, the, the whole getup and everything. But, hey, like you said, we got to talk about the Islanders. And I want to start this conversation, actually. Yeah. I want to have a little role reversal. Okay. And I want to pat myself on the back right. because in the beginning of the season, when you know a lot of Islanders fans, and you agree with me, I'll give you credit, and you said Varlamov should be the starter and that uh, Sorokin's workload shouldn't be too exponential. I said he's going to need time. They're not immune to it. Every single one of them. Vasilevsky didn't come over, just become Vasilevsky. You know, Shesterkin hasn't looked completely otherworldly. The last two games, he's looked a lot better. But even him, he needed that time in the AHL. So Sorokin hasn't had that luxury. So the fact that he's playing, and like you said last game, showed signs of brilliance, Islanders fans got to breathe. Because it's not going to happen overnight. It's really not. He needs that time. I said this early on. You know, I kind of got laughed at. Christian Arnold agreed with me. He said he was only going to get 17 games. Honestly, that looks realistic the way that Semyon Varlamov's played so far. So breathe, everybody. He'll be okay. He just needs time. Same way Lafreniere is going to need time. Kako needs time. Hughes needed time. These are young players coming over for the first time, in his case, from a league where the ice surface is wider. I played at Lake Placid on the Olympic ice growing up. It's a lot different when you're playing defense, let alone when you're stopping pucks and all of a sudden you have to challenge more, but that pass can go even farther across. That's a lot more distance to cover. He's used to that as opposed to, okay, now i got to be tighter on my angles, got to back up quicker. And the game's so much faster here. So we all got to give him some time to adjust.
0: We played on the ring in nationals when it was the, it was an international size rink and we're not used to playing that. It's the same exact thing. I think more so though,
2: it's when you realize how out of shape you are.
0: You see his angle as a goalie. I mean, I didn't, I didn't figure that out. I just off my angles. But you look at it, and he was off his angles to start, and you see a lot of shots at the post and the bar. Now you can look at it two ways. One, he's off his angles, or two, he's in the perfect spot because it's not going the post and in. It's hitting the post, so he's doing enough to cut the angle. I think the hardest thing for him is adjusting to the speed of the NHL game. The shots are coming off faster. They're shooting in different areas when they usually, probably in the KHL, might try to decode do something. They're doing – it's a lot differently. The skill set's much higher, but the release is quicker. Thinking is quicker. So if, if Sorokin's used to a slower pace of play, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna affect his play. But we're seeing now, though, he's catching up this week. He's making those saves that he has no business making. And if they had went in, I wouldn't say, oh, he should have had that. But you're yeah. seeing now he's now he's thinking faster. And once he starts thinking faster, he is going to take control. But like you said, you know, it's all about winning. The team plays better with Varlamov in net. Now we saw the colossal just destruction against the Capitals where they were up 3 nothing, five goals in the second period. He looked terrible. Defense wasn't good either, but he wants to stop those shots. I think a rebound. It's just a matter of time, though, before you know Sorokin's going to be the number one. It's going to happen. Does it happen next? Does it happen this year? No. Does it happen next year? Yeah, you probably start seeing him get more and more. Varlamov knows the deal, too, and he knows why he was signed. He knows he's there to be a mentor. So, Islander fans should relax. The problem is now is Islanders have to stop losing because they're on a five-game losing streak, and Barzal, for as good as he'd been, took a terrible penalty.
1: <laughs>
0: a terrible penalty, and it led to a loss in overtime. But it was a terrible play by Lee, which forced forced him to take the penalty. But we're seeing – this is the pe- penalty stats for the Islanders. and I'm going to do it on top of my head because I'm just that good now. I-,
2: I saw when you tweeted this, and I was actually shocked.
0: Okay. So he has – Barzal has 10 points on the season. Okay? He leads the team in points. He's scoring goals. He's shooting at a higher shooting percentage than he ever has. Granted, you're only in nine games a season, but he's shooting. However, he has so – Russ Johnson has 16 penalty minutes, and he fights and whatever it is. Barzol has a five-minute game of which so counts through the stats. But if you separate first and penalty minutes to third, Eberle is in third place with six penalty minutes. Barzol has 24. Your, I get frustration is one thing.
2: Are they lazy penalties?
0: So usually it's been offensive zone penalties in the past that have been, I wouldn't say lazy, but more frustration after a turnover. Yeah. You're seeing these unfortunate penalties. It doesn't even matter to me if they're lazy or not. Whether it's him stopping moving his feet, which he should never do because you know how good he is with him without the puck on a stick because his skating ability is just amazing. But we're seeing this year him back-checking hard. He's making those plays in the D zone that we haven't seen. But it comes a time where if he's going to be the only player on the Islanders that creates and that top line is going to be the only line that does things, he can't be in the box. Especially in overtime where he's your weapon in overtime and Islanders need two points when they can. And they've lost games where all right, you need those two points. Like you need those two points. When he got ejected for saying to the refs, that's effing terrible. <laughs> that's a frustration call. The game is over. I, I think blew it out of proportion a little bit on Twitter because to me, it was great. I know you don't agree with the call. There's two minutes left in the game or whatever it was. The likelihood of you winning the game is slim. Yeah. You just, you pretty much just gave your team zero chance. You had a slim chance. Now, based on your actions, you have zero chance. And we've seen him. After penalties in the past, he's looked at a ref. He said stuff. And I think maybe the ref just was having a bad night, didn't want to deal with it. But he has not put himself in a good light amongst refs because he complains. And granted, he doesn't get the calls that he probably should get, but he's not a superstar in this league and not a guy like a Crosby or a Vetskin who's earned the right first with respect. you got to show these refs respect. And if you complain like that, you're not going to get those calls. And I think he has to mature. Yep. And I think, I think the frustration is he's seeing he's got to do too much. And I think it's leading to him coming off of his job and he's going and trying to get pucks and he's turning it over or he's doing too much and it's leading to these penalties. And that's going to happen. But at the same time, if Islanders want to get better this year and turn things around, the best player has to be on the ice every opportunity.
2: I, I completely agree. And I'm looking at some advanced stats right now, right? And yeah. Matthew Barzal leads the Islanders with a goal differential of 2.36. So they are two and a, almost two and a half goals better when he's on the ice. So to prove your point, they need him on the ice. He can't be taking these penalties. I I think that something has to be done where he just don't be as aggressive on these corners, or, or you know, just keep your poise about you.
0: I think it's the pressure. He came into this offseason hoping that they'd probably bring in somebody. He's gotten you know his lines played fairly well, but it's only because you know Everly scores two goals in a game. Yeah, Barzal made two good plays. Lee scoring goals because Barzal. They're not creating. Yes, Barzal's job is to create, and that's what he's there for. But there's no depth scoring. That gets me to my next point, and Brock Nelson has been terrible. He's got three points on the season, two goals and an assist. Last game they lost, he was 33% in the faceoff dot, worst on the team, and he's fourth among centers. But they need depth scoring. Brock Nelson's two goals came on the power play. No even strength goals. Andy Bavillier is on IR. He was doing nothing before he came. Josh Bailey was on that second line, did nothing. Trotz made a great decision, which I give him credit for. He swapped Eberle and Bailey. And everybody look like a changed person. I've never seen Eberly skate harder since coming to the team. And I don't know if that's because, well, you're on the second line, I gotta earn the first line minutes back, or he just feels more comfortable being being in a Barzal role on the second line. On the first line, he could create, but he knows he has Barzal to do that for him. On the second line, Brock Nelson hasn't done much. Bavile didn't do much. Timashov came in, didn't do much. He's gotta do he's gotta be that guy that creates. We saw we saw in Edmonton, his first NHL goal is a a goal that you must watch if you're a hockey fan. But he created. He made a sick play up the boards, came into the rush, made a few dekes and dangles, scored a filthy goal. Is he the same player as he got an older? No. But we saw that he has raw speed, and he has to use that and create. But last game, we saw two New Islanders uh, join the team, uh, like playing games, and that was Dimitro Timoshov and uh, Austin Zarznik, who they signed this year. and Or Timoshov they traded for whatever it was. But... Zarnick brought a level of energy that's been missing from this team. He had a goal uh, – no, excuse me. He had one shot on goal, a block, a uh, giveaway, a takeaway, one face of win. He got about 14 minutes of ice time. He played on special teams, which is great, but he brought an energy that this team needs. But, again, the guys that are coming into this lineup need to score. They need to uh, – Kiefer Bellows and Walsh have been in this lineup. Bellows more often. And Trotz said, you know, I love the, I love what I'm seeing from these guys, but that, you know, we, we need the offensive con- contribution because they have guys, Del Cole. Yep. Guy in the, that was taken high in the draft because of his offensive prowess. Never seen that. They have so many depth guys that they could put in the lineup. Ross Johnson, Komarov, who should never touch ice ever again. That you put them in, though, and it's, oh, they do the little things away from the puck that don't come on the score sheet. And that's hurting the play of Peugeot because Pajot is not a one man machine. He can't, clearly, he can't carry a line. And it's not his fault. He's not being put with the right players. And Why not
2: put Pajot with Barzal?
0: See, that you could do that, but then you lose that center depth on that third line center role. Who are you putting in centers at this point? Zarnik can play center. Again, I thought Zarnik played well enough to come in. He should be playing on Saturday. Not even a question in my mind. He should be in.
2: You, you can't worry about the depth. you got to score.
0: Exactly. So the thing what I was thinking is what Trot said is he's, he doesn't want to mess anymore with lines. He's seen who he's got on the taxi squad. He's seen what he has. Bellows and Walsh I'm, I think I'm going to get the fair on the third line. But that doesn't mean because they're on the third line they can't play more minutes. Second line has been terrible. I have no problem dropping that, reversing it. Putting making that your second line, giving them more ice time because Trotz, the Islanders are good when they can roll four lines. Problem yeah. is the fourth line hasn't done anything. Their job is to forecheck hard, create momentum, fight, hit, whatever. Yes, they've been physical, but they're not creating momentum, and it's carrying over the other lines. Again, Brock Nelson's line do nothing. Pajaro's been able to do nothing, and then you have the defense now that's a lot more pressure. They come in to their own o- offensively the last couple of games, but now you're relying on your defense to play offense. And it's affected their defense. They've had some defensive breakdowns that led to overtime goals that you're not used to seeing. And I think it's because they're, they're, they they're have so much pressure to do everything, everything to help this team win. And I think it's taking a toll. So the Islanders had a couple of off days. I think they have to regroup and they got to figure it out because the longer you keep losing, the more mentally it's going to affect you. Then physically, you go out there on the ice and play well and still lose. We see the Rangers. They've been involved in every game. And while it's one thing you can hang your, you know, you get, you hang your head low because you're not winning these games, but it's another thing to, to just fall apart. And you, you saw that under Doug Wade. You saw that under Jack Capuano at the end of his tenure. You don't see that under Trot. And I don't think he's lost the room. I just think that the Islanders are struggling to get wins. And it's eventually. But right now it's really tough in the post And I don't think helps them. I know this is more practice time to focus, get ready. But it also
2: helps them. Look what it, the bubble did for them.
0: Yes, they were struggling. But I think for a season like this where, again, you want to talk about it just marinating these big losses you want to go out there the next day we have trots has said you don't want off days you want to get into a rhythm the the longer they wait the more they're thinking about wow we haven't won in five games we we haven't won in a road trip we lost back to back games in overtime we got shelled by the capitals there there have been good losses there's good losses i mean no loss is good but there are losses where you go up against a really hot goalie that you just can't beat it's like okay, well we did everything we could we just couldn't score to losses where you're failing yourselves you're not not even that Failing to play mentally 60 minutes where you're playing, you know, Trots has preached, I think we need a playoff mentality this year. Look what we did in the playoffs. When we put our mind to that play and we get four lines rolling and we have great goaltending, they were unreal. And, yes, they took advantage of good teams playing bad, and we can go over that all we want. It's a fact. Panthers were an offensive juggernaut of a team compared to the Islanders going to the postseason. Their defense was good. They didn't score. The Capitals the Capitals who had three players score the whole series and hope he was terrible. So it comes down to they got to take advantage of these miscues. And the problem is the devils didn't have, um, you know, didn't have Blackwood in, but they, they did their job. They played well. Then you look at the flyers though, connecting gets best. That's one of their top players who was playing well, struggling over the last. They don't take advantage of that. They play the capitals two games where the capitals have their top four best players, not in the game can't win. So it's just the end of the day. The owners have to take advantage of these things. You look at, the Penguins. The Penguins are decimated with injuries right now. Yep. Islanders have to go in there and take advantage. It's not well. You know, you don't want to. It's not a good thing. These things are happening. Of course not. But hockey and every sport's a game of adjustments. And if you can't counteract, you can't go out there and beat bad, te- good teams when they're on their off days. How do you expect to beat them when they're on their have their teams back? What's the you know? Where's the confidence going in to play the Capitals again? You lost two games without four of their best players. One of them being Alex Ovechkin. He's a point per game player against the Islanders. Where's the confidence going into a game like that where you could beat them with their full-strength team? There isn't. So the Islanders have to start winning now. It starts with Pittsburgh. Take advantage of a banged-up team. You have to because at the end of the day, you got to win or you're, you're not going to make the playoffs, and it's going to be a step back for an organization that's been making strides to become not a joke anymore. They were so good last year and never got credit in the playoffs. Every broadcast was, what is this team doing wrong rather than what are the Islanders doing well? And then this year, come out and play like this. You know, you're just reiterating. and Maybe honors Warren is good when you know for a fact they are a good hockey team. They're just struggling right now. Yes, they are. They are. How? Oh, what do you mean? How? They're a good hockey team. They just haven't won. They've lost. they been- what,
2: what, yeah, what makes a good team hockey? Team. Are the Rangers a good hockey team?
0: I would say the Rangers are. They're just. Str- but look at the Rangers, though. They could easily, very well, have been.
2: But they're not. So they're not a good team.
0: This year, the Honors are not a good hockey team. The this
2: Rangers year. weren't a good team last year either.
0: Rangers are different. Raiders, the
2: they, Islanders were not in the playoffs when the season ended. Would they have made it? Maybe. Yeah, you can. don't know. You we don't can. know. And they had a, they got a, a good break and they took advantage of it. But I told you that I didn't think they were as strong as everyone thought they were. No,
0: and I don't think they were. And I think that. And I think
2: all they're doing right now is playing Barzal to a different team. And I'm not even talking about Seattle. Who knows where he'll go? But. You don't think he's getting frustrated right now that he's the only one producing? Yes, he has got 24
0: penalty minutes.
2: And that penalty minute starts to lead to either a trade request or all right, I can't come back here. I want to go to a team that's going to support me. Not support him player-wise, but put support around him. That that's what they're doing right now, is they're putting too much pressure on their star player. Trotz's defensive system's great. You still got to score goals to win games.
0: The fact that you're scoring 2.11 goals per game.
2: It's terrible.
0: They scored three goals per game in the bubble. And even in a bad year in the regular season, they scored 2.73. And that was a, a part of the season where they couldn't score at all. They were getting shut out in back-to-back game. They, and that was 2.73. Now, it helped that they went on that win streak and point streak because they were scoring during that. But at the same time, they have to put – it can't be Barzal the only one contributing on offense. Guys have not played well. I think that they should. The Islanders
2: are tied with the Ducks. They have 19 goals for all season.
0: It's bad. They're not. They're a bad hockey team right now. But if you look back, are they as good as they were last year? No. But over the last couple of years, they've slowly creeped their way into being a respectable team. Again, are they a Stanley Cup contender to win this year, or even last year? Could they have won? I don't think they were beating as much as I wanted them to beat Tampa. No one was beating Tampa, I don't think. It didn't matter who came out of the West. I think Tampa was just that good. They needed a score. And even if they had signed a guy like Hoffman or signed a guy like DuClair, doesn't mean that that would have worked. You know, we saw with Tavares, they tried to put piece after piece alongside him, and it never really clicked, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. If it had clicked and Tavares and Islanders were winning and they were contenders, does he's he not stop? No, he's, he's probably staying. It just came to a point where he had an opportunity to go somewhere else and win. The thing with the Islanders is they can't make losing a habit because they've shown in the past to Barzo, Hey, we've gotten better and better. We're coming into a new home that will 100% attract free agents if they could afford it. But if you start becoming a team that let's say they don't make the playoffs this year, and then next year they play let's say to an under 500 record, then yeah. But why is Brazil going to waste? It? Why is any player on the Islanders going? Why is Sorokin going to want to stay? Right. So I think it comes to a time that Trots has to find lines that work. And he's got to get the honors. Just playing I don't with-
2: think it's on trots anymore. I think the GM has to make moves.
0: I think you trade. I, well, I think the fourth line is done. I think this is, you know, you want it to work this year. You sign Matt Martin. I'm still not going to knock that deal just because I, again, earned it. But Clutterbuck, I think he's hurt. It's going to be a bad deal in the long run, 100%. But, I again, I, I understand why it happened. The thing is now you expected your fourth line to play better than what they're playing. So Zeke is coming off an injury. Clutterbuck still is feeling his injury. Clarke has been really bad. Besides that, you got to separate them. Zekas is a UFA. Probably makes sense. I don't, I hate to say it. Probably I'm makes sense. To, back. No, no. It probably makes sense to trade him at the deadline.
2: But what are you going to realistically get versus Zekas? No. that's going to help you.
0: I don't know what you're going to get, but the, at the problem is you don't want to lose players for nothing ever. And that's, and the Islanders right now are struggling financially. I don't know if you get any picks from the problem is You need to see him wake up. Cause who's going to want them. Yep. Uh, the same thing though, but if you he trades once he trades Zekis, if you trade Zekas or once he leaves, Clutterbuck becomes as useless as Komarov. Because the whole reason they're on that, separated, to, when this line is not playing together, those players are just bottom players in the league. They're not, like not, I'm not saying bottom player, but they're fourth line players that do the usual stereotypical fourth line thing. Together, they were a line that was doing way more than what they were, their resume should have them doing. They were up against the best of the best. They were locked down defensive. They were doing things. But they're not doing that now. And when you have a guy like Ross Johnson, who is uh, just a better better offensive player, better ever skater than Matt Martin, it comes to a time where, all right, get clutterbuck off the rink. You trade Zizekas, put Zarnak at center position, put Johnson on the wing. I mean, there's, there's so many things that are going to be dictated based on their play. But you look at a guy like Josh Bailey, who finally got points last game, scored a nice goal, done nothing, done nothing. And again, what's his trade value? You saw what it did in the playoffs. Maybe a team takes a gamble, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're not playing themselves into situations where they're going to get any value for them. So it's a lose-lose right now. But I think the honors have to buckle down. I think they'll. they'll I think they will win on Saturday. I think Farlow will be back in net. I think they will find a way to win. But it's not about just winning one here or there. You got to, You have a losing streak now. You got to, it. Doesn't mean you, that doesn't mean you can't go on a winning streak now. You saw what they did last year. That's pretty much their only great play of the season was that streak. And it did its job enough to give. if they had knocked on that streak and let's say they, I don't know, they, let's say they won a 10 game win streak. Let's say they won five of 10 and yeah. had like a t- uh, eight game point streak, whatever. They're not making the playoffs. Even with the percentage of win, but they're not making it. Cause that was early in the year. Once Pelic went down, the team was terrible, mediocre at best. And they weren't scoring to do anything. They're not making the playoffs without that streak. So yeah, it does beg the question, how good is this Islander team? And, Unfortunately, in a year, you know, even in an 82 game season, a five game losing streak on the road to start your year is not how you want to do it. There's a lot more time to figure it out. The division the Islanders are in makes this very difficult. And yes, they're not that far out of a spot. Four or five wins in a row or a three and one record going to overtime. They, they, that was their first two overtime games. They were the only teams in the East who have not played an overtime game. So if they're going to lose, overtime works to an extent, though, to lose because even if you win, lose in overtime. The other teams are getting points. And it would have been great to play the Sabres because if the Honors were to have won, the Sabres are a team that are ahead of them. So now it's, it's up to the Honors just buckling down and figuring out their game because their game is no longer let's rely on the fourth line to bring momentum. Let's every line bounce. They don't have that. Um, I think once the third line, though, keep, finds consistently like Bellows and Wallstrom together with Plaza, and that line starts to click. Yep. That's the problem right now. These young guys are coming in, which is great. You want to see young guys. It's going to take them just like it's taking Lafreniere. like it takes Jack Hughes. These are not as highly touted prospects as those guys were. They weren't number one overall picks, number two overall picks. It's going to take time. I think Pazzo is a great player to play with for these guys. But now it's about, all right, once they puck finds, once Bellows scores a goal, we've seen. They, he went on a streak last year. We scored, scored, scored. They're going to come. Wallstrom has a goal under his belt. It was a, it was a crappy goal, and it, it went in at the fucking end. Once they score, they'll find the back of net. We just have to see that sooner or later.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. So let's move to some league news. And I want to start this off. I know we have a couple of topics that we're going to dive into, but how crazy was what Sidney Crosby attempted? I For mean, how gross?
0: The way anyone doing that move in Michigan is sick. To do it on your just to do it on your back end. Excuse me. Do it on your back end. Stationary. Stationary sick. Like, but that's, you could do it on your back end another way than when he did it. He did it harder. I think the way he did it, where he flipped it on that way, I was like, oh my God, he's really, that." Like, he just tried that.
2: And I give props to Shesterga. He was really ready for it.
0: <laughs> he said he was ready for it and obviously I would say I was ready for it too, but I mean, they probably do practice it because, you know, you see the goals that was scoring, you see how, it's, the goalie could be in a great position to stop that. Yeah. If they put it in the right spot, it's not stoppable because it's, because if they put their stick all the way up, crossbar below is a good goal. So, even if it's power to the crossbar, it's still going to count. So you—it's—it's about—it's about—it's a rush to get your shoulder up there because you could be in the right position. He's got to put a perfect shot, but if he puts it perfectly into the cop corner, you're quick. It, it's so hard to do. You have to anticipate it. So the fact that Justerkin did that gave him an opportunity to make that save.
2: Yeah, it really did. But that—that that was just a crazy attempt, and
0: I—that would not have counted.
2: I mean. First of all, the shift was just he had a redirect. that would have been a high stick, but he completely uh, – I don't even know how you make content. He's absolutely filthy, and no matter how many injuries or whatever he goes through, top five player every single season, no matter what, he's so good to watch, so fun to watch.
0: We still call him Sid the kid because he's old.
2: He'll always be a kid. He looks like a kid. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the crazy. devils, right? I know you want to talk about this. Holy hell, did they drop the ball. Uh, COVID is just running rampant through that locker room. It's just patting the next person on the back, and they're all testing positive or being put on the list. And someone said the only player left on this roster now is Mackenzie Blackwood. So it's like it normal.
0: We just came off the COVID list. He it,
2: it's crazy, man. I, I mean, it's it's not them only, right? The Wild now have one. We saw Carolina. We saw San Dallas, Jose. San Jose. It's just it's everywhere. It's
0: if the sad truth is going to be every team. But if I'm the Buffalo Sabres, not even the fan base, they could be pissed all they want, whatever. If I'm the players on the Sabres and something happens, whether it's in the hospital for COVID or God forbid a death. Oh my God. The legal battle that they're going to have with the league and the devils. Again, we're seeing one side. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not seeing everything, but I would, they're furious that the game was played against. So let's give a background. Obviously. So the devils played the Sabres Saturday. Um, they had a few guys on the COVID list already. So clearly there was a COVID scare. Um, so probably the games shouldn't have been played anyway, but they were. Then Paul Mary, who played 18 minutes in that Saturday game, tests positive or goes on the COVID list for Sunday's game. The Sabres, to my knowledge, with what I read and everything, reached out to the NHL and the Devils to get more information about what was happening. They declined to send them information. Now, if I'm the Sabres, and I, again, how much of this is true or all oh, the info, if I'm the Sabres and I found out what had happened Saturday night and I saw those players on the list, I would have said, we're not coming to the rink until you tell us what's happening. We have to, because it's one thing. They're not in a bubble. You're bringing home to kids, to families. I've seen so many videos on social media of kids that now have COVID that are in the hospital that aren't doing too well. Yep. These guys have families. It was a major risk the Devils took. Now, they're going to pay for it because of their all their COVID guys, and that's a health risk. But now you have the Sabres doing it. And the Sabres were supposed to play the Islanders. And because of weather, they decided we're not going to travel. They got to the airport the next day, couldn't complete their COVID testing in time, realized they have two guys that test positive. That's on the list. Taylor Hall, I think Eric's, uh I want to say Eric Stall's on, I'm not sure, but they have another player on it as well. I think it's wrist line actually is on it. What oh, I a mess that would have been if they brought it to the Island and it's the NHL. I think what they do and I could be wrong is they do the 24 hour tests. Now they test a lot and they want to make sure that players, I don't think they're putting players on the rink that have tested positive. That's not the case. I think what's happening though, is if they're not showing signs of it, like Palmieri, he felt fine, took his test. No reason he thought he had it. Turns out he's on the list. Whatever I think, I think he's more on the list for close contact than COVID because I, I didn't think he. Because again, they're not telling you what it is. So going, who is
2: was his close contact with?
0: Everybody. Well, they had four other guys. The Devils have been. So angry then how do you play? That's the problem. And that's what the Sabers are angry about. What the league's angry about. this is a really bad. Whoever's fault it is, it's someone's fault, and it can't happen again. And it's going to, but it can't because again, it's not about playing the games. That's one thing. Yes, you don't want to lose money, and that's a problem. You don't want to lose money, TV rights, whatever it is. You're putting lives at risk, and grant we have not seen one athlete in any league, I don't think, die yet or be put on a ventilator yet. And no one
2: probably will.
0: Exactly, but that's not. You can't look at that and go, well, that well, they'll be fine. Wife, kids, grandmother. Yes, they're they're not traveling, going to supermarkets, and out to restaurants, but you're going to hang with your kid when you come home. You're you're, you're okay. You're not. Obviously, the players don't want to do that. The Saber fans that have kids, are probably the Saber players, excuse me. And I want to just point something out with the fan base. I saw a lot of – so we lost a game on Sunday that shouldn't be even played. No, 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 no,
2: You should have won the game.
0: First off, with the amount of players the Devils have missing, no excuse. You play the game. It had no – it wasn't like the Sabres were not going into close corners going, oh, well, he's got COVID-19. I can't I can't, I can't go and hit him. <laughs> no, you play the game. So, unfortunately, no, the Sabres, you're just bad. And obviously, again, yeah, yeah, better than the Islanders. I get that. I get that. You just you lost a game that you probably should have won, and you can't use COVID-19 as an excuse because you, you had an opportunity to win the game you lost. Um, but no, it's bad, and the Devils and the Sabres can't play till the eighth, I believe. That's the first that brings about so many other issues. And I think it's time for the NHL to do what's happening in the NBA. Yes, rapid tests aren't conclusive, but at the end of the day, it's about safety. If your test comes back inconclusive, you're positive.
2: Treat it as a why don't they just do they're doing sets, right? The Rangers Penguins played, go to a mutual location. And have three teams go there or four teams go there. They get tested Monday through Wednesday. Everyone's negative. And then Thursday through Sunday, you play at that location. You're all tested. Go home.
0: Well, I think it's with the CBNL, the NHL player. I don't think they wanted a bubble type format. They wanted it's to not a bubble.
2: You bubble. go to a location.
0: To be home with their families as much as they could be.
2: So you but could I- be Monday through Wednesday. That's more than you are usually because you're usually on road trips.
0: Fair point. I just think that at this time they're not gonna do that. But they could do rapid testing. Again, if you're inconclusive, you treat that as a positive. So that in football, players miss games. They could be angry all they want. But at the end of the day, if it's reverse and they played and they got everybody else sick, what you're willing to take that chance? Paul Murray would have been tested. Let's say what let's say he came back inconclusive. First off, again, the, the NHL should never let anyone you,
2: you're ball. looking at this like it's just them. This is everybody.
0: No, no, I know, but you have to use uh, use the Devils as an example. If four or five players have covid No,
2: I'm not even saying the Devils. I'm saying this is everybody. You go home. You, you don't know what you're giving your family. You don't get tested all the time. So it's like...
0: Oh, but these players are, though. That's what I'm saying, though. If they're going to be tested every day, but they're going to have to wait 24 hours, and they're going to play when they don't know what their results are, that's crazy. How do you do that? That's life. You
2: got to do it now.
0: I know, but the league is in a situation where they could face... The lo- league doesn't have money showing them. If anything were to happen to a Sabers family member or a Sabers player or anyone in their organization, they Z- showing
2: them. They signed the CBA. They played. They're playing.
0: Yeah, but it's. I would. I would count this as reckless endangerment. I'm not even.
2: It's not. They don't. They had a choice.
0: No, but they didn't have a choice. To be put in a situation where they tried to. The Sabers tried to get information from the Devils and the league, and the league dec- they declined to send them information. They said if they would have got information from the Devils. They would not have played in the game. Now they shouldn't have played in the game anyway, and that's. but that might not be up to the Sabres to do.
2: Yeah, uh, wh- Whatever. All right, Shea Weber, 1,000 career game.
0: Tough. What a guy.
2: Good job for him. The Habs are an absolute wagon right now, 7-1-2. and 2. And, I mean, half of those games are against the Canucks, so uh, we just talked about that. I don't understand how they're playing so many games against each other, especially this early on in the season, but Whatever.
0: Say- Canada is different because they have less teams in the division, so they, they have, have one
2: less team. So yeah, there's, there's more. like you play ten against some and nine against the other. But they, I feel like every single time I look up, it's Montreal beating Vancouver.
0: Guess what? Though they are taking advantage.
2: They, um, they are absolutely they are. are. Vancouver cannot wait for that series to be over.
0: Well, Vancouver, hope he's looked better, but he's he's been flat out terrible. And I called it. So whatever. I hate him. He's terrible.
2: But we talked about Tony D already.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I'm going to talk though, about Tyler DeFoley.
2: He's an absolute animal.
0: The moves that they made, first off, Anderson's been great. I don't know his stats in my head, but he had two goals the other day. Anderson's been great. I think he's got six. They traded him for Domi, and what has Domi done? Domi's not Three even... points, yeah, nothing. Anything. Tyler Defolia has played in 10 games. He's got nine goals and four assists. He's a yeah. plus eight.
2: But eight of those have come against Vancouver.
0: Five. He's got a Corsi four 58.5%. He's playing around 17 minutes of ice. He's got 36 shots and goals. and He's only taken two penalties.
2: And Josh Anderson has six goals, two assists in 10 games.
0: So this Canadian team, that was years away. We're they, a couple years away.
2: So I, I had this conversation yesterday with a couple of buddies of ours. Yeah. And I said, can they sustain it? Because I don't think they can. Eventually, you stop playing the Canucks. Toffoli hasn't proven he's going to score against anybody but the Canucks. It's like Labor Torres when he played the Orioles, right? He had 18 of his 36 homers were against the Orioles that year. When you see a team that you know you can dominate, all of a sudden you play with confidence. You don't play against the other teams. Josh Anderson's shooting 19% right now. Will he sustain that? Probably not. Not Josh Anderson. He hasn't proven that he can. Can they continue to score? They're scoring 4.4 goals per game. Eventually, they're going to cool off.
0: I think the biggest thing, and I run this by you. I think their biggest um, signing or whatever trading is getting Jake Allen. I mean,
2: oh, it's I, huge I,
0: I know, but I think it is the biggest. You look at the Tola Tofoli having a great year, but what Jake Allen does, it allows Price to get a break, and where it's not a uh, well, let's just throw someone in here that we have no the confidence right now. He is three and one with a two point zero two goals against average, nine thirty save, and you could say all you want about how they play the Canucks. Canucks have weapons that are being shut down, that are big big saves against. I mean, Besser's heating it up. uh, Pedersen, I mean, they they have weapons on this team. Quinn Hughes even still, again, they need more than one line to carry them, but it's not like a joke. They're not playing a team that is just like the Islanders where it's one line you have to worry about stopping. As a goalie, you could be like, okay, when they're on the ice, I got to be full of 10. No, it's Vancouver has a lot more weapons than I think the Islanders do. So for a guy like Jake Allen to be traded to a new team for the first time in his career, to play well, and he's getting playing time, too. It's not like he's riding the bench for 10 games, getting that one start. He's playing, and Price, I think, has benefited from this. The defense has benefited from this, and the offense is continuing to score. And I I personally, yes, I don't think they're going to keep scoring four-something goals a game when they play better teams, but look at their division. Toronto's bad on defense. Can easily score four goals a game against them. Senators are bad on defense. Could easily score four goals against this. the Oilers. Our bet on defense can continue. So, really, looking at a couple of teams in the division. There's that, no
2: good defensive teams in that division,
0: except them. And defense wins a championship. Look, Islanders' offense wasn't great. No, I'm. I'm they didn't win the whole thing. Correct. Islanders' offense wasn't. No, no
2: great. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying I don't even know if they have a. Their defense qualifies as being legit.
0: Who the Montreal?
2: Yeah, they're good. They're the best defense in that division.
0: Fair yeah. enough, but you look at their goaltending, and I count that as defense and how good they've been. And but you got guys though that are buying into a system in Montreal. You have young guys, but you also have young guys stepping up, Suzuki on fire. It's not just a, it's a mix. You're seeing what I think you saw with Vegas, where the fact that you have a ton of veterans and a ton you have a mix of different things. Not necessarily the young top prospect players, because Vegas didn't have a ton of those, but you're seeing a mixture of players that are buying into a system coming together with good goaltending. You saw that with Vegas, and look what it did for them. And it works. It works, and can it be sustained year after year? I'm not sure, but the 56 game season, the start that they're off to right now, they could they very easily are now the favorites to win that division. And it's—I mean, it will be close because they're only playing teams in their division. So obviously, top of the teams are going to be there, bottom of the teams going to be where they are. But Montreal has just been one of those teams that has gone on a roll, and it might be impossible to stop.
2: The the uh, National Women's Hockey League is suspended right now because of positive COVID tests. I know that one team went home. The next thing you know, two more teams are opting out, and they only have six, so it's hard to compete like that. And Hopefully, they renew, but it doesn't look like that's uh, a hope at this point. It looks like they might just have to cancel the whole thing.
0: And honestly, at the end of the day, it's again, it's all about health and safety. You saw the Riveters leave, so you were left with five teams or whatever it was. At the end of the day, you got to do what's best for your players, and safety is a top priority. I think what they've done now is – it's just what you have to do, and if you can't continue it, great. If not, you look forward to – I mean, you got attention from a lot of people. I know it's a small thing, but you went to a Herb Brooks Arena. You all traveled there. You saw some great hockey, and you put – a lot of people had no idea that National Women's Hockey League was a thing. You now have – even if branding, if it was going – let's say the tournament was going terrible. Negative attention is always attention. You got people – even for bad reasons, you got people talking about the National Women's Hockey League and picking sides. That's all advertisement. And if you get people, more people talking about it, oh, maybe you get another team to hop up in another city. And you grow the sport like that. Women have come out to talk about it. you are seeing women in sports getting yep. jobs. So if anything, this league is didn't play a lot, but what they've done is monumental to them growing.
2: It is. So we are going to go to a quick break before we dive into this Dayton hockey history and wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us and enjoy this little advertisement. It's very important from Long Island Hockey Company.
0: Hey guys, Stefan here. Each night on Long Island, 180,000 residents will go hungry, 39% of which are kids who have no ability to control their situation. Our friends over at Long Island Hockey Co. are trying to help as many families as possible. Each hat sold on their website will provide 50 meals for food insecure Long Islanders. Head to longislandhockeyco.com and let's help the people in our community. Great little ad there, hockey. Uh, hockey to a great thing, guys. Like we said, partnership's going to be great. We'll have a power, but you know, they're they're an organization that helps out their community. We're all about partnering with with organizations like that. That's why we partnered with Alternate. So we'll be posting on social media about their fundraisers and what you guys can do to help help feed America. I mean, I like I worked for Island Harvest, a company on Long Island, before their grant was discontinued. But the amount of people that you don't even realize that don't have food every day is. I drive around just where I live and I go, I stop there, stop there. I mean, I was making about 40 to 50 stops a day, and it's it's not even in communities where you'd think uh poor low-income areas. They're are big houses and stuff, and then you have that one family that you know you can't judge people, you know, they might have a really nice car, but you don't know their situation, and you know the COVID-19 as well, people can't get out. So do what you guys can to help, but we'll promote it as well on social media. Brendan, we are back with our streaks. And right. you know, we took a week off from having crazy streaks. So I'll kick it off on this date, February third, nineteen forty-four. Sid Howe, no relation to Gordy Howe. I checked. Scores six goals in the Detroit Red Wings, 12 2 victory against the New York Rangers at Olympia Stadium. Howe gets two in each period. Line mate Don Grasso assists on five of those six goals. It's a big time performance from Howe. And again, no relation. I checked. I checked everywhere to make sure. No relation at all. 1968 on February 3rd, the Montreal Canadiens defeat the Los Angeles Kings five to one at the Forum for their 12th consecutive victory. It's still a team record. Gene Bellevue, who was on our part of our show last week with uh, his history, leads the Canadiens by scoring one goal and assisting on two others. So my, nothing. I don't think anything is new with the Montreal Canadiens, you know, winning back in that day. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens
2: have always been good. They, they were on our thing as the first team to get to what was it? Was it a thousand wins? I
0: mean, they won the most Stanley Cups in, in NHL history. Next, 1977, Richie Hansen becomes the first. This is a cool one, guys. So pay attention if you're not. Or, I mean, if you're on here, you're paying attention, obviously. But Richie Hansen becomes the first Long Island resident to score a goal for the New York Islanders. Hansen was born in the Bronx, but grew up in Northport, of Long Island. So before you guys all freak out, yes, I know the Bronx in Long Island, but he grew up on Long Island in Northport. The goal comes midway through the third period, in the Islanders six three win against the New York Rangers at Nassau Coliseum. Kind of cool. I don't know if you grew it up. An cool. fan. I don't know if you grew up an Islanders fan, but at the end of the day, who cares? You're playing for the Islanders. You grew up on the mound. We don't see that at all. There is not one. I don't think there is not one New Yorker on the Islanders roster right now.
2: That I mean, all it's not players, often you see that.
0: All the players that are from the United States that are on the Islanders roster, I believe, if it's not all of them, it's most of them they are from Minnesota. Brock Nelson and Anders Lee come to mind. Minnesota needed. Yep,
2: definitely. This next one is actually crazy. In <laughs> 1999, the Washington Capitals set the NHL records by scoring eight goals in a nine-minute, 34-second span during the second period and nine goals in 11 minutes and 32 seconds, including one minute and 18 to the third period, in a 10-1 win against the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning. That's an absolute rout. Peter Bondra scores two goals in 35 seconds and three and four minutes and 47 seconds during this outburst. Yikes. Is that,
0: cooler? Yes. is that cooler than the Ovetric? Well they used to run the Geico commercials, I think it was the uh him scoring eight goals in a game. Never happened, obviously they just did it for the commercial joke.
2: That uh, that is cooler, because that's the team thing, and that's so quick.
0: I mean what was eight the eight
2: goals in nine minutes?
0: The over was hit. The over was probably hit in like four minutes.
2: Imagine you're a lightning fan, just what do you do for those nine minutes? It's just rapid fire.
0: You do like, oh you do this, you take your TV remote I know this is a phone and you go click.
2: Well, the, the Rangers gave up nine goals to Tampa Bay. I think it was la- I think it was last year, yeah, they and did. that was torturous. But that wasn't nine goals in eleven minutes.
0: There was at least hockey being played besides goals. That yeah. Um, and let's moving on to the last two in two thousand February third. Bob Pulford of the Blackhawks becomes the first person in NHL history to coach eight hundred games in the league after playing eight hundred NHL games. The milestone comes in a five five tie against the Calgary Flames. <laughs> We've spoken about all these records that just ended ties. Yep. Uh, unfortunate. So bad. And and recent, recent. This yeah. And with the last one, 2019, February 3rd, Tuca Rass becomes the winningest goalie in Boston Bruins history when he makes 24 saves and one nothing victory against the Capitals at Capital One Arena. It's rest 253rd NHL win, all with the Bruins, passing Tiny Thompson for the most in team history since Boston entered the NHL in 1924. The victory also ends Boston's 14-game winless streak, 0-11-3 against the Washington Capitals. Just not good. Oh, he's uh,
2: not good at hockey. He's the worst goalie in the NHL.
0: Yeah, had the best stats last year and got not that he got snubbed winning the best. He game. get injured or He's but yeah, yeah, he he's not 100% he's playing, but he's not 100%. There there's a chance that he was going to retire last year. They were speaking then he left the bubble and that whole
2: Do you remember when we had Jimmy Murphy on? And yeah. we were talking about, oh, are the Bruins going to struggle? And, and now all of a sudden they rattled off five straight wins. They're 6-1-2, and two, and they look like the Bruins.
0: Well, I bet the uh, Capas the other day, we came up to a hefty 3 nothing lead off the bat. And then I I usually try to not watch. If, if I bet on a game and it's close, I, I tend not to watch it because I think I'll bring bad juju, whatever the word's called. And um, I turn the game on. And there's three minutes left, and they're up 3-2. Boston scores. I'm like, ugh. Let's go, Caps. It's a minute left. Pass. I forgot who scored. Comes into the slot. One-timer bar down. Bruins up 4-3 with change left. And they lose. And that was the last game that would hit in my bet.
2: And, and get to Boston. So, there we go.
0: Well, I want to get off the show now. So, everyone, guys, thank <laughs> you so, uh, so much for tuning in to another edition of the Back Check. Thanks to our guest, Ryan Meade. He was awesome. I, I mean, coming in with that swag wasn't expected. He looked a little bit like Conor McGregor to me. um, but confident guy guys follow him on twitter we'll post this stuff after we'll cut his highlights he he stayed on well enough to talk about a lot of different things too not just rangers so we'll be back at it again sunday for a pre-recorded episode next week we'll have a great interview with I'm not going to tell you now or release it later, but Islander fans, another one you're going to love. So guys, as always, thank you so much. Let's take it away.
1: The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social
2: media at Pod.